I'm ready. Welcome to the Represent Podcast. We're here, very first episode, and I'm excited. Um, really, just the goal of this podcast is just to, I just want to be able to use a platform, social media, clips, whatever it is, to be able to represent Jesus in our modern and always changing world. So we're here, very first episode. We hope that um, whatever it is that we are saying, we hope that it is delivered to you in the way that God would have it. And we're just going to have fun. We're just going to talk about culture, talk about life, and um, we're just going to see what happens. We are here with one of my good friends. I've had the privilege of just being with him over the last couple of years, and um, he's a rock star, and he loves Jesus, and um, he truly is someone who has come up as a Christian, but now is becoming a leader and now is moving in the direction that God has him. Mm-hmm. And all he wants to do is to show people Jesus. Amen. So who better to have on the podcast first than Caden Foster? Hello, Caden. Hello. Thank you for having me on this. I'm also excited to have this conversation. So the idea of this whole thing, the Represent podcast, mm-hmm. representing Jesus in our modern and always changing world, mm-hmm. I feel like there's just so much that's always happening. Like the world was one way and then 2020 happens and then the world's a different way. And then every day it just seems like something different. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So all I want to do is just say, what does the Bible say? Mm. What would Jesus do if he was here? How would he react to people? How would he respond to people? Because you see people doing crazy stuff and then you see Christians not handling it the way they need to be. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to burn in hell. You're going to do it. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. So all we want to do here is to represent Jesus in the way that we think he would. What does that even mean to you? Mm. Like, what is what is representing him in your everyday life look like? Yeah. Well, I think it really comes back to the words of Jesus when he's talking about how all the law and the prophets hang on this one commandment, to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, mm-hmm. and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And I feel like if we do those things, we can really do no wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And um, as long as we're loving Jesus more than anything, mm-hmm. uh, our love for people will be right, mm-hmm. right? Because as we're seeking relationship with Jesus, and as we're seeking to get into the truth of his word as well, just growing and having the same heart as he does, when we do that, I feel like he leads us to do the thing that is right, yeah. Um, no matter what that may be, and I feel like especially when it comes to um, just issues that obviously the Bible condemns as sin, right, or something that obviously is not approved by God. A lot of Christians they don't handle it very well because they see that and they want to you know condemn that person. They want to cast him away or whatever. But that was not ever the mission of Jesus. In fact, yeah. when Jesus calls the disciple Matthew, Matthew is in the middle of being a tax collector. He's in his tax collector booth, Mm -hmm. stealing from the people, you know, overcharging prices so that he can be rich, right? Stealing from his own people, betraying them, right? Jesus calls to him in the middle of that and says, come and follow me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is the heart of what the gospel truly is, is to call sinners away from their sin, right? Because Matthew still had to step out of it. Mm -hmm. But he also walked towards Jesus to come and follow him. And in that was forgiveness and life and truth and all of that. And I feel like it starts... Or Christians today, the best way that we can represent Jesus is to have that heart, to yeah. call sinners. Jesus came to save sinners, mm-hmm. and that's which we all are, right? Yeah. And so I feel like when we love people and see people the way that Jesus saw them, 
that's when we can absolutely have the best impact because yeah. that's when our heart is aligned with Jesus, right? Yeah. And when that is, the Spirit is what is empowering that, right? And so when we walk in step with the Spirit, the Spirit blesses and the Spirit empowers us to do those things. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that's where we can have the most impact when we're doing what's right by following the will of the Spirit and what He says in His Word. Exactly. And so yeah, that's what I would say. And and that's actually, that, that's like, that example of Matthew is actually a great start. Yeah. Because if you think about Matthew, he's a Jewish guy yeah. working for the Romans, mm-hmm. stealing from his people. Yeah. His people did not like him. Uh-huh. So Jesus calling his deci- his Jewish disciples, he was like, hey, y'all going to follow me? And then, you know, they're hanging out with Jesus, and they're like, oh, now Matthew's going to follow us. And they're probably like, Matthew, bro? Like, he was stealing from and they did not see Matthew for Matthew. They saw Matthew for what he was doing. Right. And that's what that's what we're called to do is we're called to see the person. Mm. Jesus saw Matthew. Jesus saw Simon Peter. Jesus saw Judas. Mm-hmm. And all anybody else can think about was, oh, why would you let them follow you? They're whack. They're, they're, they would think that Jesus would want like Pharisees to roll with them because mm-hmm. they acted proper. Mm-hmm. And I think what we see Christians doing is we are putting like labels on people. Yeah. We're like, oh, they're gay. They're um, living in sin. They're watching pornography. She had an abortion. They're having premarital sex. And that's all we see. Yeah. But what, we, what we're not talking about is the people in the church who do have struggles, but they're just not publicized. Right. And you love them because you don't know their sin. Mm. And we think of homosexuality and all these things as big sins. We, they thought Matthew's sin was a big sin because everybody knew about it. Right. But what they did not know is that all these other people had hidden sins. Mm. If I'm watching pornography whenever I'm at home, you're not going to know that. Yeah. I'm going to see you on Sunday, and you're going to be like, oh, what's up, Duke? You know, it's so good to see. But if someone is, like, openly gay, you're going to know that. Right. And people see these people, and they're like, oh, nah, like, it, it kind of rubs them the wrong way because they know their sin. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with the Christian culture is we treat and we look at people different because of their sin. Mm-hmm. We think there's a big sin, there's a small sin. Bro, they may be living their life like this, but you're judging them. Mm-hmm. They may be living their life like this publicly, but at least they're bold enough to do it publicly. And that that's the beauty of Jesus is he's like, oh, I know who I'm calling. Mm-hmm. I know they're broken. I know they're messed up, and I'm going to use these broken people to show you how great I am mm-hmm. because I'm going to work through these broken people. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's basically just people being hypocrites, mm-hmm. right? And we think of big sin, small sin. People don't want to come to church because they don't feel like they're accepted. It's just, it's tough, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of people, um, they get their definition to, of love wrong on how we should treat these things, whether it should be to, you know, completely cast them away or whatever. But a lot of people, when they think of how we should love these people, they think of love as this idea of acceptance, like, and that is also wrong as well, like ostracizing people because of their sin and casting them away. Obviously, as we've seen from the story of Matthew, that's not what Jesus came to do. But then at the same time, 
Jesus didn't align with the sinful ways of this world. He didn't, he didn't support he it. Didn't yeah. con- you're right. He didn't like conform to that, and he didn't just say, oh, that's perfectly fine just because that's love. But that's not what love is because we know in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says that love rejoices in the truth. Yeah. Right? And But love is also patient, and it's gentle, and it's kind. And so what we need to do as followers of Jesus is present that truth to people like that, mm. right? Like when Jesus was at, with the woman at the well, he called out her sin, Facts, right? Bro. That she was with all these men doing all these t- different type of stuff and didn't have one husband, mm-hmm. right? And then Jesus said that he ought, can offer her living water, mm-hmm. right, to drink from the living water, and she'll never thirst anymore. And she's like what does that mean? And then Jesus just tells her about who he is, right? Mm -hmm. And she realizes that he's the Messiah, and she goes and tells everybody about it, and her life is completely changed, right? Through the truth, but presenting it in gentleness. We present truth, and then what sets them free? Exactly. And so I think that's absolutely the big difference, right, Mm -hmm. is a lot of people either ostracize or accept, but the gospel Mm-hmm. This only thing that can yeah. bring people new life. Not not just saying, oh, that's perfectly fine, whatever they're doing, and not throwing people away so the perfect people can remain because there is no yeah. perfect people, right? And uh, in fact, I would say the people who do that are e- could be considered even much worse than yeah. the people who aren't because they're the ones who know the truth. Exactly. They're the ones who are supposed to know what to do is right, and yet they condemn other people like that. And, yeah. And by doing so, they condemn themselves because they can't even see it, right? Exactly. And so... And we see that with the Pharisees, bro. Yeah. The Pharisees would look at Jesus, and they're like, what are you doing? You can't be doing that. And Jesus is like, bro, I'm literally, G-. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, I would be a terrible Jesus, bro, because I would be, like, talking back to these guys the whole time. Like, right. I can literally do whatever I want. <laughs> like, leave me alone, right, bro. Like, you don't but they're like, who are you saying that you're the son of Like, they were so blind because they thought, I'm, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. I have it all together. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything right. Anything anybody else does is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you see this with, with uh, I see this a lot in the youth group yeah. and with youth and college people across everywhere. And it's like they think, oh, since I'm chasing after God, it's like they're almost like hyperactive mm. as far as like judging people like, oh, you can't do that. You know, they, they feel like they have to be the one to tell them you can't do that. And that's what turns people away. And I love the story of the woman at the well. Um, because the woman at the well, everybody knew about her. Yeah. That's why she was at the well alone. Yeah. Everybody knew about the woman at the well. No one wanted anything to do with her because she was sleeping around. She was sleeping with people who were not her husband, but no one was talking about the guys that she was sleeping with mm-hmm. who were also sinning. That's also a sin for the men. Right. But they weren't talking about it. But because they knew this woman was doing it, they were talking about her. And it's like, that's the real problem of the church. People don't want to come into your church because you are judging them because you know their sin. Mm-hmm. Bro, if you knew, I, we talked about this one time. If our yeah. pastor, if our pastor was at Walmart and like he cussed somebody out and we heard about it, we'd be like, oh my gosh, the pastor just cussed somebody out. I don't know if we can come here anymore, right? Like we would start freaking out because we know. Our pastor has problems. Mm-hmm. We don't know about them, but he has problems. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, all of us have problems as long as we're trying to get better from them. Right. But just because you know someone else's sin, you can't use that as any other leverage. Like Upon another person. Exactly. Like, it's just, 
is twisted. If we knew everybody sent around us, if I knew everything you deal with, and you know everything this deacon deals with, and you know everything this youth pastor deals with, you wouldn't want to go to church. Right. Oh my gosh, all these dirty people, all these like perverted people, <laughs> everybody's like a sinner, everybody's going to go to hell, right? Like, if we knew everything that everybody was dealing with, we, wanna, we wouldn't want to deal with any of it. Right. And that's the gospel. We're all broken. Every person you're around at every church is going to have problems, but you love them anyways. Mm -hmm. But the problem is we love them pretty much because we don't know their problems. And it has to change. Yeah. And I feel like that comes um, with the realization of a common need. And when Jesus is talking about judging another person, he says, how can you look at your brother who has a speck in their eye when you've got a whole log in your eye and say you should take that speck yeah. out? But then a lot of people, they actually forget the second part of that. He says that in order to do that, you must first take the log out of your own eye. Mm -hmm. So you who know all the sin that you've done, you who know and what everybody else has seen too, you know everything, yeah. the whole account of all the things you've done wrong. When you realize that, you can humbly say to another person, hey, you have this sin problem. I have a whole life's worth of sin problems. Yes. That's just one thing I see. Yes. And we both need Jesus. Yes. And Jesus has set me free and made me alive in him made me his child and loved me despite those broken despite that brokenness I have and he can do the same for you mm -hmm. and that's what that is and mm -hmm. it's not like and like you were talking about a lot of people are turned away from church and just Christianity in general because of how judgmental people can be mm -hmm. but I feel like it that problem would go away so easily if we would just have a realization of a common need and yeah all humanity has fallen short of the glory of God. It says Romans 3.23, right? Yep. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet, Jesus came to die for the whole world, no matter who they are, what they've done. And one of my favorite verses of all time, and it kind of sums this up, is it talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Paul's uh, telling uh, Timothy his testimony right before he goes into telling him a bunch of different stuff. Mm -hmm. And he says, it's a trustworthy statement worthy of full acceptance, that Christ came to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Him calling himself the worst of sinners, Christ came to even save those people. Mm -hmm. And so Paul, who has experienced the grace of God, the only thing he wants to do is go and tell people about that same grace yeah. that can set people free. Mm -hmm. And so when we focus on that, that's when we can really just bring in those people. And yeah. in truth and in love, Mm -hmm. Share that with people, and and people were looking at Paul crazy too. Yeah, isn't that Paul like the guy who yeah. was killing us? Right like, when he when he first be, came, <laughs> uh, he, well at first when he he had this happen to him, he was just going preaching the gospel, and then when he mm -hmm. went to uh, the place where all the apostles were, you know, like Peter and all the original disciples, right? They were like, "Isn't that the guy who was like just a couple days <laughs> ago, driven, like bro. literally dragging <laughs> other Christians into prison and then having some of them killed?" Yo, that they was like, "Yeah, I don't know about this guy, like." God's yeah. grace and all, but dang. Bro, like, like Stephen was getting stoned, and Paul was sitting there, or I guess at the time Saul, right? Saul was sitting there, looking. the Bible says, looking at it with approval. Like he was literally enjoying what was it happening. It is good. <laughs> right, like he was literally doing that, and that just shows you the power of the gospel to make yes. the dead man alive. And who are you to judge them now? Right, because... He, the only thing that you have, I guess, that's over them is you're, you've been saved by grace, mm -hmm. right? But even that, that's not leverage on them. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because you, you, you haven't done saved, anything. You being saved does not make you better. Right. You being saved just means, oh, now you know the truth. Right. Now you know what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. That means 
help them. Right. Like, help them, bro. Yeah. The Knowing movie, the truth is not leverage on another person. Exa- exactly. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what I was trying to say earlier. Mm-hmm. I just cannot articulate the words like you can because you're a genius. <laughs> no. But we, we try to pin people down because we know the truth. Mm. When really, if you know the truth and you know the gospel and you are saved, mm-hmm. rather than saying, you sinner, pick them up. Rather than talking about all these like, all the things that's going on, LGBTQ plus community, all these abortion crimes and all everything that's going on, rather than talking down these people, bring them up. Yeah, love them. The movie just came out a couple weeks ago, Jesus Revolution. Mm-hmm. It's this idea. It's with Greg Laurie, Lonnie Frisbee, and it's this whole idea that they were in the generation with hippies. Yeah, and hippies, bro, they were crazy. They mm-hmm. were on. They were doing drugs. They were wilding out. They were. The way the movie says it is they were searching for all the right things in all the wrong places. Yeah. Because they thought they were going to get this high and they were going to feel good, which they did, but it left them empty. Mm. So they were pretty much causing chaos. Mm. That's the same with real, any sin. Exactly. Really. And, this, and this guy, Lonnie Frisbee, what he ends up doing is he ends up going to this church and saying, look, he ends up going to uh, Chuck Smith's church, yeah. and he says, look, my people need an answer. I know Jesus. They need to know him too. They need an answer. All they need is for you to open up the door. And, you know, they're like, I don't know, bro, these hippies are tripping, like, they're crazy, I don't know. And it was like this barrier. But because they broke the barrier, thousands and thousands and thousands of hippies went from living in a lifestyle of drug addiction, alcoholism, sex addictions, all this crazy stuff. They've transferred from that into new life with Jesus. And then they go, and then they make a revolution of Jesus across the world. That can't happen if all these Christians are running around saying, oh, my gosh, bro, these hippies, dude, they're tri- they, they, what are we going to do with these hippies? Mm-hmm. We're doomed, right? It took one guy to say, no, 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 help them. And once we help them, they'll start helping each other. Mm-hmm. If we, There's so many Christians in the world, bro. If, if Christians did what Christians were supposed to do, if Christians stopped judging people and started doing what the Great Commission tells us to do, we would see a Jesus revolution in our world today. But Christians are too worried about talking down on. Christians are too worried about gossiping and worrying about what they're going to do. If Christians were solely focused on helping out their lost brothers and sisters, we would see a Jesus revolution today. Absolutely. Because that's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. People... They'll grow up, and they're like, okay, I feel called to ministry. I'm going to go do, get a church, and I'm going to do these things, and that's great. But these people are trying to preach to saved people. Bro, go and reach the lost. Mm. Go get your hands dirty. The reason why the 12 disciples was such a powerful image for Jesus is because they were the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. He didn't grab these Pharisees who were up on their high horse. He grabbed these, like— Fishermen, the, tax the, These, like, chum bucket dudes, right? Yeah. Like, straight— Chum bucket plankton on SpongeBob type beat, bro. Like this, he grabbed him and he's like, I'm gonna change the world with these guys. Yeah. And they're wild. They might cut a guy's ear off. Okay. They might, they might wild out. They mm. might deny me. They might betray me and mm-hmm. get me killed. But I'm gonna use them. Mm. And we read that and we're like, oh, what a beautiful story. And then we go and don't look at it for mm. the reason why that's the story. Is because that's what you are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to hang out with all your Christian friends all the time and just sit there and be comfortable. You are supposed to go out and find people who aren't like you 
and then help show them the hope you have, mm -hmm. show them the love you have, show them the good news and bring them in. Mm -hmm. You're not helping anybody by chilling out in the light. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be the light in the darkness. Yeah. It's good to be in church, but if that's the only time you're finding community, that's not what you're doing. That's not what you're meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to go and be the light wherever <coughs> the darkness is, whether that's work, whether that's at school, wherever it is. Yeah. Don't just hang out. Teach them something. And I think one thing, too, that's amazing about, like, with the disciples and stuff is you see the way that they act, their mannerisms and all this type of stuff, and they're just their way of thinking in general um, before and while they're with Jesus, right? But then mm -hmm. when Jesus dies and he rises from the dead and he comes and appears before them and, you know, gives them the Great Commission, and he tells them to wait on this power that I'm going to give you, so don't go out anywhere yet, just wait for this power. Yeah. And what the disciples go and do, all along with all the other followers of Jesus at the time, right, who— know this and seeing Jesus heard about the news how he's risen from the dead and all this stuff they go and they seek him mm -hmm. and they go and they pray and that's the scene it's called the upper room the place yeah. that they were at doesn't have a specific name and they went and they sought the will of God yep. and what they were doing is they were getting on their faces and they were like God what is your will mm -hmm. what do you want me to do and when we have hearts that turn away from our own way because like they were different before yes, right yes. but when they had hearts that say I know the way that I was doing things was wrong mm -hmm. I'm going to come and follow you yep. and when that happens that that's when he sent his Holy Spirit on them because they were seeking him. They were down on their faces, turning away from their old ways mm. to come and to follow him, no matter what that may be like. And uh, and like you were talking about these Christians today, judging people and all this type of stuff. And I feel like it just begins with that. It's like a realization of like, wow, we've been doing things wrong. Yes. We really have been doing things wrong. We've been messing things up. What we need to do is we need to come to God and be like, Lord, show us your way. Yeah. Align my heart with yours. And when we do that, like I, I think I mentioned this before, is when our hearts are aligned with Christ, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do whatever it is if our, lights, or our hearts are aligned yeah. with Jesus. And, yeah. uh, One of the most powerful prayers um, that I, I, I get to hear people pray and I try to pray for myself is break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm. Align my heart with where you want it to be. Yeah, And it's... It's just wild. Mm -hmm. Like, the effect that you can have on people by simply loving is this idea that what we want versus what we need. Mm. What you want to do versus what you need to do. What we want is easy, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. what we want is to uh, stay by ourselves, do our little Bible study with our little friends, yeah. and uh, we're good. We're chilling. We're good Christian men of God. Mm -hmm. mm. That's good. But also, you need to go out and find these fellows who are lost. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to do that. Yeah. But we need to. You, missionaries are going around the world. You think they want to like get up and leave their family for like <laughs> ten years at a time, bro? <laughs> right. No. It's yeah. what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And if you were doing, ooh, we are so focused on what we want to do and we want to be comfortable. But if we are doing what we need to do, what we're called to do, then God will will fulfill us more than we could have been filled oh, yeah. by just sitting with where we want. Absolutely. We think, oh, I'm comfortable, I'm doing good here, I'm where I'm supposed to be. But really, you know you're not, and you're going to have to live with that. Mm -hmm. But if you go with where you need to be, you may be broke in a different country, eating some nasty food, <laughs> but you will be more fulfilled than anything right. because you're in the will yeah. of Christ. I think that also comes with just, you get to experience 
firsthand the power of the gospel because I feel like a lot of Christians when they first you know when you're first saved that's when you're like the most on fire I feel like most Christians now because a lot of times that fire kind of dies out as they go along um and I think that's just lack of knowing where to go next Mm -hmm. but uh a lot of times they like have a super strong fire and all this type of stuff but I feel like the more that you see the gospel change hearts and help people like come from you know the deadness of their sin to being alive in Christ and helping them realize that mm-hmm. and like God opens their eyes to that and the yes. power of the gospel changes them yes like you get to experience like firsthand the power of the gospel and it's like, beautiful every single day yes. and obviously like every single day it's different right it mm-hmm. could be people coming to be saved or encouraged or mm-hmm. you know reignite that fire they just like God opens their eyes to something else. Yeah. And, you know, just whatever else it may be, it's just that you get to experience that every single day. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's just another great thing that comes with yeah. when you actually go and live out the Great Commission, whether it's moving to a different country or whether it's just talking to the people in your community. Like just right here where we are, there's plenty of people to outreach. Mm-hmm. Plenty. You don't have to go to Africa. Now, those are exactly. great places to go, but there's still plenty of people. Plenty of people who need to hear the hope your of the neighbor, gospel. Your neighbor, bro. Right. Like, liter- <laughs> like your legit physical neighbor yes, and next-door neighbor yes. in your house, right? Like, And the people you sit next to every day in class, whether you're in high school, college, or your job, which is wherever you go, everywhere you are, there's an opportunity to share the gospel. It just exactly. takes a mind of selflessness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And a mind of knowing that Christ is, I used to be here, Christ brought me here. Mm-hmm. Right? And experiencing and remembering that newness that you that Christ exactly. brought you every single day. Yeah. And the sufferings that Christ did on your behalf and realizing that love, it's like, wow. And when you realize that, Christ died for all people, right? And so you have that, you see people right, the yeah. right way you're supposed to. And then you can go out and love people mm-hmm. like that. And that just kind of loops back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. You know? There was a, I told you the story, but there was a kid. Um, in the youth group, and we were at this event, and he was just a terror, bro. And he was a terror, and uh, he's like a popular kid in his grade, and him and his friends they were just wilding out. We were at a lock in all night long, lock in, <laughs> and he was just a terror, bro. I do not remember you telling me. Well, this. a couple months later, dude, we we have D now, so we have, and I have his group. Okay, he's in eighth grade at this time. I, I'm in charge of the eighth grade boys for this weekend for D now. Mm. And I'm like, God, I love you. And I pray that this whole weekend goes well. And I pray that this kid does not show up. <laughs> right. I'm like, he is a terror. I don't want him. Okay. He shows up. He's like the first kid there. Mm. <laughs> okay. So the weekend goes by and the kids were great. It's a rowdy group, but they were great. Mm. And him and his friends come up and they're just like, yo, we want this. Like, teach us more about Jesus. And it's been an in-depth weekend, so we're just going in. And the, he ends up giving his life to Christ. Mm. And, like, I, I was crying, bro, because I was like, I prayed that this kid wouldn't show up mm. because he's difficult, bro. And so many times we see people for them being difficult, but what God sees them as is, oh, they got potential mm. to share my message with others. And I remember he called me a couple of days after he got saved, and he's this African American kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he called me and he's like, "Hey, Duke, what's up?" I'm like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "So, uh, you know, I've been working on my language." And uh, I'm like, "That's good." He's like, "Cause that's been my biggest problem." Um, am I allowed to say the N word? <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, I, "Dude," and I just started dying laughing, yeah. bro, because it was a a genuine desire 
Right. He, he wanted just did he, not know. he wanted to know right from wrong. Right. Dude, can I say the N word? <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, no. Yeah. When most people get curious like that and it, ask questions, some people are like, you don't know that. It, yeah, and exactly. It's like, how's he supposed to know? He right. just he just he just learned about Jesus, right? Yeah. No, you can't say that. Like, we want to stay away from anything that you know, any corrupt language. And he's like, all right, I got you. And it's just like doing life with him now is just so much fun. Watching him learn, watching him slip up on his language sometimes. He'd be like, hey, knock it out. He's like, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Right? Like, and th- that's just a beautiful thing. But you can never get to that point if you only see them as a terror. Yeah. Oh, that kid's tough. Right? Mm-hmm. No. That kid is rowdy and obnoxious, and he is tough. But bring him on. Right. Because if we can move him and switch, shift that energy into where it needs to go, which is Jesus Christ then oh my goodness oh yeah because now he he's still the popular kid mm-hmm. and he loves jesus so when people see him they still see the popular kid but now they see the popular kid who is trying to clean it up mm-hmm. trying to be better right and that hopefully encourages the people around him mm-hmm. and it's just a beautiful thing yeah and i think that's what jesus was doing <coughs> is like you see these people are sinners matthew was whack simon peter was whack God, he saw Saul, he was whack, but what they saw was the potential. If you were so focused on Saul being a murderer, you would have missed the fact that he was one of the greatest ambassadors for the gospel that we've ever seen. Yeah. Right? Like, but people were so focused on him killing people, which is pretty bad, right? Like, like, oh, dude, just ignore him killing people, bro. Focus on the heart, right? Like, but that's how... Christians are doing mm-hmm. it, and that's where Christians are falling astray mm-hmm. from where God wants us to be is we're focusing on the surface of what's going on, mm. and that's sin. Yeah, Dig deep. Don't focus on that. Focus on them. And some people think, well, I'm just nervous about sharing the gospel. I'm just nervous. You don't have to just go up to strangers and be like, do you know Jesus Christ died, died for you, and uh, this is how you go to heaven? Like, you don't have to do that. You just got to love them. Mm. If I want to help someone who's a homosexual come to know Christ, mm. I'm probably not going to show up and be like, hey, by the way, that's a sin. Right? You're living in sin. They don't even know my name. Right? Yeah. What I'm going to do, literally, this is true story. Senior year, I had a kid in my class, and he was homosexual. I was friends with him. He would listen to me talk about whatever I want because we are friends. You have to grow in relationship if you want to be effective. Mm. You can't walk up to someone you don't know and be like, what you're doing is wrong. That's a sin. You're going to hell. Right? Like you can't. That's not effective because they don't want to hear from you. Mm. Walk up to him. Hey, my name's Duke. Get to know him. Laugh with him. Give him some jokes. Talk to him every couple of days. Like get to know them. Build relationship. And then start talking about your faith. Well, yeah, this is what I believe. And this is how I want to live, and this is what I think. And they'll start talking about how they want to live. And you, t- and that's how you build that connection. It's not all about you have to listen to this. That you're going to go to hell if you don't believe in, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's not effective. They don't want to hear that. Be their friend. Be friends with sinners. Mm-hmm. Jesus, eating with sinners, bro. What are you doing, Jesus? Like, why would you eat with them? I'm building relationship with them. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. And that's why the Pharisees were not effective mm-hmm. is because 
they were not trying to build relationships with people and hang out with people. They were just like smacking them over with Bibles, mm-hmm. right? Right. And that's that's why Christianity, they say religion over relationship, or they say relationship over religion, is because we have that relationship with Jesus. It's not a bunch of rules you have to do or you can't come to heaven. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So if we have a relationship with him, why would we think not to build relationship with others to reach the gospel? Mm-hmm. That's how God reached us. Jesus reached us by relationships. Mm. So go up to someone who is living in sin and build a relationship mm-hmm. and then help lead them out of there. Right. And like you talked about, it's like we just need to simply love people. And that kind of goes back a little bit to um, one point in the conversation where it's love and truth. Right. At the same time, when Jesus was hanging out with those sinners, he wasn't just like, you know, they'd make a dirty joke or something like that. Yeah. He was like... You know that's funny. He didn't laugh along yeah. with them, right? Yeah. Like he didn't. He wasn't like them. He wasn't acting like them. But with being friends with them, he was different. Yeah. And not just in the way he acted, but the way he spoke, the things he taught about, all these types of things. And I think like when if, if you have a friend who doesn't know Jesus and you're being relational with them, of mm-hmm. course, and not just for the purpose of sharing the gospel, right? You're their friend, and just be, and because you love them, you want them to hear the gospel, right? And so. When you have that type of relationship, like with an unbeliever, mm-hmm. it's just like, hey, did you hear about this or that? Like when you talk about, um, or when they're doing something, right, and you talk about the love of Jesus, you just mention it, mm-hmm. right? You just bring it up yeah. a little bit. And then they begin to ask questions about it. They begin to, mm-hmm. well, what is that? What does that mean? And I know uh, for me um, at our uh, school, there's this kid, and uh, he, he, he wasn't involved with anything you know, mm-hmm. at school, like the Christian organization and stuff like that, like Cats for Christ and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really know him that well, but through another friend, becoming mm-hmm. friends with him, being real nice to him, all this type of stuff, he started hanging out with us, like our, yeah. you know, people who usually hang out with each other, right? And uh, when he started coming and hanging out with us, he started coming to Cats for Christ. And he started yeah. hearing the messages and stuff like that and um, just being nurtured in truth, yeah. right? And then also loving him despite the things that he may do that are against mm-hmm. what God would want us to do, right? Yeah. But he's also hearing the truth at the same time. Exactly. And like I was saying, it's like we don't share the truth because we feel obligated to. Yeah. We do it because we love them and we want them to hear it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how can you show Jesus by not even saying anything? Mm-hmm. Like you should be representing Jesus. The whole point of this talk is representing him. That's not just by talking mm. and loving. That's important. But simply walking, mm-hmm. simply acting. How do you communicate? How are you talking whenever mm-hmm. you're not around Christian friends? How are you behaving? H- how is your spiritual maturity, right? People see that. Mm-hmm. How, can, how would anybody listen to me about Jesus if I'm over here like have a dirty mouth, making dirty jokes, laughing about, right? Like no one mm-hmm. would want to listen to me. It contradicts your message. Jesus was effective not because he talked the talk, but it's because he walked the walk as well. Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't just like, love your neighbor. Jesus said, love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, he loved his neighbor, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. like, that's another thing yeah. about, basically this whole talk has been about, is loving the people, loving the sinners that people usually look down on. Mm-hmm. It's your fault, bro. Like, you are not acting different than them. Hmm. And you expect them to act different? Like, yeah, if you're conforming to their ways, then why would they want to do anything different, right? Yeah. Because if, if your message is, you know, 
turn from your sin, put your faith in Jesus, and then you're living the same way they are, then they're just going to be like, oh, I guess we can do this too, I guess, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, this has been good. Yeah. I think uh, I, I wanted this to be the topic of our first episode mm-hmm. just to give a basis of what this is all about. All we want to do is to help others represent Jesus in the modern and always changing mm-hmm. culture that we are in. Yeah. In love and truth. In love and in truth, bro. Mm-hmm. All that comes from is your willingness to get off your high horse, stop acting like you're above whatever, yeah, and pull out a reaching hand and pull up your lost brothers and sisters and help them. Mm-hmm. That's all we want to do. Yeah, And we're going to be talking about different culture things in the future, different topics and whatever. But it all comes down to how are we showing other people the gospel? Yeah. Caden, thank you so much for just being a part of it. Really, um, you're just like, one of your spiritual gifts is definitely like knowledge, bro. Like anytime I'm talking to you, you're very good about like, oh yeah, it's in like the book of James and he talks about it. And you're just like <laughs> quoting like passages at a time. Mm-hmm. Me, I I can tell you some Bible scriptures, but it's not like the first thing that comes to my mind, right? And that's what I appreciate appreciate yeah. about you. And um, I just knew that you would give us good insight and biblical truth about representing Christ. And I appreciate you. I love you. Um, love you too, man. Thank you for having me on this. We and, love uh, you. Just one, I guess one little quick thing. The reason why um, I just am so in love with just uh, reading the Word of God and just telling other people about it is because a lot of people have the wrong idea about who Jesus is, mm-hmm. the character of God, His righteousness, yeah. His justice, what that means, and all that type of stuff. And when you have a false idea about who Jesus is, you believe in a Jesus who cannot save. Yeah. But when you know the true Jesus, right, that, th- that by grace, through faith, we're saved, and He came to save all sinners, no matter who you are or the worst of your sin, all combined together. Jesus Christ came to die for those sins. And when you know that true Jesus, that Jesus, the real one, can save. Bars, bro. Mic drop, dude. He's like, let me say one more thing right quick. And he just throws straight bars at us, and then mic drops on us. Thank you, Caden, for being here. We love y'all. Every Tuesday, we're going to be back here on the Represent Podcast. Peace.